it's absolutely mad that it's taken us seven years it is now to make an episode that's all about the most important thing that any of us are doing at any one time we've got the seven year itch and we're dealing with it through breath yes we are <laughs> yeah breathing do it or die the end I've been Nick Redman <laughs> see you um, see you later I'm um, so we have got a lot of cool stuff um in the show on this. First of all, we're talking to a woman whose actual job title is breath worker. She's called Hannah Kandaru and her work revolves around the interrelation between breath and trauma. And so we decided to put her and Nick together in a room for a conversation about what breath and voice means to mm. each of them in their work. Uh, so fascinating. I, I bet you being a fly on the wall in that conversation was... <laughs> it was great, but also it was tricky. So I had my microphone switched off so that I wasn't interrupting and like derailing the chat between the two professional breath people it was uh, like it really was weird like professional speed dating yeah it was yeah over like uh, an hour though <laughs> yeah i think you can enjoy listening to it as well um but lee has been through and obviously edited yes. out edit i can't say edited it's, it's very hard to say edited, edited out edited edited Lee has been through, <laughs> I'll start again, I'll pick myself up. Very good. Lee has been through and edited out the bits where we got, well, we basically got so geeky that it was completely unintelligible. <laughs> Me? Never. <laughs> um, so what's left is, I suppose, just a rather enlightening chat on how awareness of breath can help us in our work as voiceovers mm. and just also like how to help us live as people in the world which you know is quite useful I suppose yeah, very useful yes. um, uh, there are though still some terms that come up that we'll put explanatory links to in the show notes so when you hear references to things like um, Wim Hof free diving cold water breathing and the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk have a little look there for more info I just bought that by the way oh great uh, yep yeah, so I'll book, read book. it as quickly as I can but the writing's really small and it's very scary looking <laughs> also I think writing. it's I think it's Wim Hof Oh, is it? Vim, not Wim. Oh, I but think. it's spelled Wim, but pronounced Vim. Those people so over much. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after my chat with Hannah, uh, I'm going to be doing a little breath exercise. I'm very excited I? about it. Yeah. So I thought the best thing to do is something that I do with probably every single client that comes to me at some point because it's so integral to everything that comes after in terms of voice training but is this sort of reframing our understanding of the in-breath when we're speaking in a professional capacity when we're recording and the idea that we can allow the in-breath to happen for us and we don't have to constantly be taking in loads of air all the time because I know that a lot of people struggle with that kind of Mm. god even three of those in a row I feel like (laughs) I'm having a panic attack oh no that's good so you're gonna you're gonna like guide I'm gonna take us through it's gonna be very chill it's gonna be lovely you can lie down if you want well I might if if the space in the booth I'll sort of hunch up not you the listener Oh. oh I want to lie down well, you can lie down as well, but lean against the wall, maybe not. Yeah, okay. I'll pretend that the wall is the floor. I'm doing it now. I'm having a lovely, relaxing time. Right, so after that, um, we'll be catching up, of course, with our favourite voiceover, Joe the VO, whose career we are shamelessly tracking to Ooh. help us all figure out what to do with our own. And this month, he's revealing the third goal he set for himself using his VO career planner at the start of the year. But first, then, Hannah. Now, one thing <laughs> that you should know before we press play right is that she is a very incredibly lovely very very calm person okay (laughs) so uh this is going to be the biggest screeching gear change (laughs) in the history of the podcast right so let's blend it down yes this right now okay (sighs) is the most hectic it's gonna get all right, so Leah, do you want to just do you want to just get it all out? All right. <laughs> She's malfunctioning. <laughs> That's all my hectic. Turn out, her off and on of again. <laughs> um, right. So the first thing that Nick asked was how Hannah got into breath work because it feels like it finds people in different ways. So you found it through voice, and I found it because I was far away from home and living in a squat was proving a bit complicated more on that later Uh, and maybe if you don't know about it already as a thing this episode will be how it finds you anyway here's how Hannah arrived in the land of breath it was back in university so this was a while ago Um, and I was dealing with quite a lot of depression and anxiety at university I as a 
women of color as well. I'm mixed race from Indonesia and my mom is English, but my experience of uh, feeling heard or listened to in doctors' offices was never a nice experience. So it was never an option for me to kind of, to feel that I could trust that system or to trust that I could go there. And so feeling like I couldn't trust that and I didn't trust that, I was trying to look for different alternatives, you know, and kind of at the time, like yoga was a big thing, meditation was a really big thing, but it was really challenging, um, especially as well because those spaces was quite, well, it was dominated by white bodies, right? So I also felt like I couldn't be in those spaces in um, in a felt way. I couldn't be present in them without feeling unsafe. Um, and I actually, it was from my mum, she kind of told me, hey, what about breathwork? And I'm not entirely sure how she got into it, but I found an online session. I was in my room and I was like, okay, let me just do it. Let me try it. And this was a, a long breathwork session. So this is using the conscious connected breath and we're breathing for around 14 minutes, I think the first session that I did was. And it was one of the most powerful sessions that I experienced because it was all me, right? I didn't need anyone else. I didn't need to trust anyone else. It was me in my room with my breath. I didn't need anyone <laughs> to tell me how I should feel, mm -hmm. how I should move, how I should sound. Um, it was just a moment to give myself permission to be exactly what I needed to be in that moment and so I was trusting my own body in that process and that was also challenging right to kind of be able to let yourself do that but it was yeah it was both kind of a revelation which was liberating but it was also a heartbreak at the same time because I learned how unsafe I felt I learned how scared I felt and yeah this was kind of how I got into it and I got really fascinated with it and it started my further explorations of it. So much yeah. comes up when you work on breath, doesn't it? I find that with the retreats that I run. People come on a voice retreat and they think they're going to be making noise straight away and like sounding and I get there and I'm like, let's breathe for a bit and let's release some tension. And honestly, 50% at least of the room starts to cry <laughs> most of the time. Like it just brings up so much and sometimes it's not something you know what it is it's just a feeling or a sensation um you use the term conscious connected breath there what does that mean in your space yeah so uh there are actually um three pillars to the work that i do um the first is what i call kind of breath hygiene and this is around breath functionality. This is around kind of daily breathing, uh, the best ways to help aid all other forms of body functionality. The second is kind of capacity building. So this might be kind of the Wim Hof style vibes. It's the ah, yes. free diving vibes. It's like the <laughs> how to optimize or um, kind of elite athlete, athlete space. Um, yeah. This is also... Maybe, I don't know whether you've experienced kind of cold water breathing as well. This is kind of this yeah. extreme <laughs> space. I often jump in the rivers near my house. <laughs> it's so good for you. The, oh my God, it's amazing. It's, it's so, so good for you. And then the uh, the last one is the, these deeper journeys, right? So this is where the conscious connected breath is. And these deeper journeys are those breathwork sessions where you are doing this pattern, the conscious connected breath for 40 minutes, or like I said, or 50 or 60, depending. Um, and the conscious connected breath is really simple in its form. You choose one channel, either through the nose or through the mouth. And it's just that you stay with the breath. Um, your attention is staying on the breath. You follow it all the way down into your lungs. So it's a deep breath. It's connected, so you, there's no pause between the top and the bottom of the breath. And you cycle it. It just comes back in and out. And 
there's something really powerful that happens when we stay with one modality for such a long period of time. What I feel like I see a lot in the rhetoric of breath work in the public kind of people space rather than the voice work space is nose, 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 nose. And in speaking for voice, um, a lot of the focus is often on the mouth only because we breathe through the mouth most of the time unconsciously when we're speaking. So what I'm trying to do is train people to get the most out of their mouth-focused breath because if every time I wanted to say something I was stopping to breathe through my nose, it would take ages <laughs> and nobody would listen to me. So what it, what do you think are the benefits of nose over mouth or what's your preference? Do you like both? Nose or mouth is the short question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so in terms of... Yeah, this is kind of, I guess, where there's slight differences. In breath functionality, um, we are... It's kind of well-researched that we over-breathe. And it's we over-breathe um, because we're predominantly mouth-breathing, right? Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> and actually one of there's like kind of seven main things that contribute to to mouth breathing and talking is one of them <laughs> so, god damn it um, <laughs> but, wait so I have to um, never talk again oh god <laughs> so um, for breath functionality actually on that side which is not the deeper the deeper journeys of the, of the breath um, I do encourage people to breathe through their nose right um, and this is if you're settled if you're sitting if you're reading if you're sleeping yeah. um and there are so many other benefits of breathing through the nose not only on on sleep uh, or on kind of organ function and things like that um but it's also oxygenate oxygenating the blood so this kind of breath functionality is is better to breathe through the nose when we do um active practices this is when I invite people to experiment with different breath patterns, right? So I don't necessarily have a favorite, um, <laughs> but I do, <laughs> I do invite people to explore their breath. Um, mm. And oftentimes, so the inhalation, for example, in breath work, the inhalation is activation. So this is engaging with the sympathetic nervous system. And then exhalation is engaging with the parasympathetic nervous system, so soothing the nervous system. And so it's actually around engaging with those, with our vagus nerve, with vagal toning. Mm. Yeah, vagus nerve, ding, 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 drink. Uh, the, like, the settling of the like in and out is fascinating. And I talk so much with people about that because a lot of the time with voiceover, we get caught in, take the breath in, ready to speak, hold it. And then we talk on the breath. And what happens is like this holding puts like tension and anxiety into the body and, and then the, the voice isn't as efficient, basically. So I constantly I'm telling people to let breathe out <laughs> if they can as much as possible and breathe out in order to breathe in. Because as long as you breathe out, your body will breathe in for you. Like that's how it's designed. That's mm -hmm. one of the most powerful things I think a lot of my clients find. They spend a lot of time taking the breath in in preparation to speak when actually if they breathe out and give your body some time does the breathing in for you yeah you create the the air hunger and it does it naturally air hunger yeah, yeah i've got books here oh they're in my other um in my other cupboard but i've got like breath by um james nestor i've got close your mouth patrick mckeown <laughs> i've yeah. got all, all of them Geek yeah. alert about your but that's a, that's a really interesting point as well because the um it's also similar with folks with anxiety right because we have or anyone with any kind of breathing issues we think that we're not getting enough breath and so we focus on the inhale mm. and then we kind of just go <gasps> yeah. trying to get more air in and we can't get more air in because we're not allowing space for that air. And so yeah. focusing on that exhale will actually allow us to get more air in. You know, it seems yeah. kind of paradoxical, um, but it's a really interesting panic response, right, to, to mm. go in, 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 in. And yeah, so, whole... yeah, I, I really second that. 
the whole the rhetoric is like, all right, take a deep breath, calm down, take a deep breath, calm down. And it's like, no, let the breath go. Mm, exactly. <laughs> do you ever find people are like, what do you mean I'm just going to breathe? That's not going to help me. <laughs> like, do you ever come up against that kind of um, blockage or... Um, Maybe by the time they get to you, they're like, yeah, let's do this. It's going to work. <laughs> yeah, I think the... Um, I think if we were at a party and I'm telling people that I do breath work and they've never heard about it, then that's where I hear it. Okay, right? I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> yeah. She told me I just but, need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but I think by the, by the time that they come to me, um, often through word of mouth or they've something experienced something then um they're kind of ready to breathe um what I do notice the most though which I find quite um I don't know I find it quite funny there's there's a sense of I don't know you might notice this as well if you if you speak to someone you say oh you're a voice actor and everyone or voice worker people become really conscious of their voice right <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? My voice is okay, I think, maybe. And they sort of forget how to speak like a normal human. So they start panting yeah, so, whenever you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, suddenly people like, yeah, exactly. Their, bre their breath patterns shift dramatically when I say, oh, I work with the breath. And they're like, oh. Do you? Really? <laughs> and then they they're just like noticing. <laughs> yeah. And there are oh, points sometimes, there was one point when uh, I was having a conversation with this uh, young man and he was, we were just having a normal conversation and then afterwards he was just like, so in those moments of silence, were you watching how I, how I was breathing? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no. that's not, <laughs> no. Oh, but he was oh. like, oh, okay, because I was really, maybe that was what was happening. I was like, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, I asked because sometimes, and I think this links to what you were saying about how working on the breath opens up access to so many different things that actually need the work or that actually need processing is that when someone comes to me and they go, I'm having issues with vocal fatigue and I go, well, it's your breath. And they're like, I mean, I breathe, I breathe in and then I speak like, what's the big deal? I'm like, because... It's definitely like everything starts with breath when it comes to voice. So if the breath is the support of the breath and the vocal fold closure is uncoordinated, then everything around the larynx and all those muscles have to start doing the vocal support. You know, if there's tension in the abdominals and the breath isn't going as deep and the diaphragm can't descend as much and the transversus abdominis can't engage on the way out, like it's all about the breath and everything above the breath is a knock on effect of the breath being uncoordinated or not working well. And I just, I find that's, that's why I was wondering if, if when people come to work with you, they're like, yeah, but I've been breathing forever, love. So it's probably not that. Should we just have some drugs or some therapy? You know, they're like, they come to me and they go, yeah, but can't you just give me like a tongue release exercise or this, that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And that'll work now in the next hour. But tomorrow you're still going to have the same problem. You know, it's about going a bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, I mean, in all other practices as soon as we have I don't think this is just relevant in our field but at any point when people want to go through any shift or detox or fasting or you know these kind of processes you go immediately to food and drink and exercise and actually what's what's the first element what is the first foundation and it is it's always the breath oh my um, god yeah that's such an interesting reframe everyone always goes to I don't feel well, I definitely need to only have juice for three days or do a plank challenge or whatever. And maybe yeah. if people just took a couple of minutes, maybe not 40 minutes, but if it took a couple of minutes to just notice their breath and focus on their breath, like that would lead to a lot, I imagine. Of course it would. We know it would. <laughs> yeah. What about the body then? Do you, does body work plays a big part for us you know we're always trying to release tension because tension kills vibrations and voice is vibration so we're always trying to release tension what part does body work play in your practice it's a it's a huge element actually um so breath work in itself is a body-centered practice right um in terms of what it is that we're we're doing we're actually engaging with 
all of those parts of ourselves and actually engaging movement and inviting um, these, this expansion, this kind of activation and engagement with the body. So not only is it, we kind of, I'm, there are a couple of thoughts here that are, that are coming around. I don't know whether you've read Bessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score. Oh my God, that is the sixth time in about a week and a half that someone has mentioned that book to me and I have to buy it now. Leah, I need that book. <laughs> People keep mentioning yeah. it. <sighs> okay. Yeah, you need to read it. You need yeah, to read yeah. it. Um, Actually, oh my God, here's a cool tip. A guy who came on my retreat last week narrated the audiobook version. Oh, wow. Yeah. How's that That's for a really clang, cool. a really specific <laughs> clang <laughs> within the breathwork space and the voiceover space? <laughs> Anyway, sorry, carry on. I got excited. That's really cool. Yeah, no, but the the premise of that book is, and the work that he's done, which is phenomenal, is the kind of the scientifically and um, evidence-based research that our body remembers, right? Mm. That um, all of the experiences that we have ever had are archived in our bodies. And so when we engage with such a um a huge part of our body which is the lungs and you know it's a huge part of our our thoracic um part that we're actually engaging with all of those memories we're engaging with all of those um experiences um one of the things that i also remind people is that every experience that you've ever had has also got a corresponding breath pattern right all of those moments has, there was a breath with it, right? And so when we engage with that, when we engage actively, consciously, intentionally, we are creating space for um, for a deeper exploration of what is stored and potentially blocked or potentially stuck. Um, and this is where body work comes in. So when I'm working one-to-one -one with a client and I know I can see through their, what looks like a stuck expression, if their body's trying to move in a certain way, my role as a facilitator will be to aid that release, right? And this could also be through communication. Somebody might actually just tell me, being like, oh, it really feels like there's something like in my shoulder. Can you hold my shoulder or move it or, other people, for example, it could be just physical shaking. So like oftentimes if they're breathing the conscious connected breath, they're focused on that. And I'm just shaking their, just moving their body side to side so that it kind of creates space. And when it's online, when it's not uh, necessarily in person, it's an encouragement invitation to do self, self body work, just knowing where that feeling might be and it might be just aiding that, that movement. But oftentimes, with the acknowledgement of the work from Bessel van der Kolk, we know that trauma is unexpressed emotions or unexpressed um, processes. So processes that were stuck. And so it's really about watching where that is and allowing your body to complete that process. That's so fascinating. I think we're all suffering from some version of trauma aka unexpressed emotion after the last couple of years as well I've certainly seen that on my clients you know a lot of people come and go and my voice isn't working like it used to I don't know what's going on and you know trying to just make space whether it's mentally physically emotionally for the fact that we've all been really through the ringer in our own very specific context over the last couple of years that's yeah. certainly something that needs um needs aired yeah does, does um breath and voice ever come up for you yeah, I was, um, there are kind of multiple ways to answer this question because, so I'll go back to why I really liked uh, breathwork as a tool for, for myself in, in the first place. So first place, I really enjoyed breathwork because it was really empowering and it was, I was trusting my own self, right? But one of the reasons why that was also really useful was because I wasn't able to talk about the things that I was experiencing. I was really having trouble kind of making sense or even having any rational thought around the feelings that I was having. And 
when we, so when I'm working with people and they've gone through something and we're doing breath work and you don't need to talk about it. And so that's also really beautiful. You don't need to talk about anything. We're just talking about our physical sensations, what is happening here. Um, we have reflections of what is happening in this present moment. There isn't this kind of going into the narrative of why you're feeling like this or what led you to feel like this. It's really just open, curious as to what's happening in the body right now. But when we start working with the breath and we start un... There's something really physiological that happens in traumatized bodies, which is something to do with the, the broker's area. I don't know if you've heard about the broker's area in your brain. Mm. And so what happens, is, the broker's area is in control of communication and um, voicing. And so when you have a traumatic experience, broker's area shuts down, right? So some, this is why some people can't scream or can't shout when they're in a traumatic experience because that whole system shuts down. But when we start doing this work with breath work and we start kind of piecing what's happening in the body, we start making um, space for it, we can start to unpack how Broca's area was trapped in that moment. And so voice then becomes a really powerful tool in this. So sometimes in my workshops it depends on, on who or how, but there, there are moments where we are allowing voice to happen and this could just be through humming or through just noising out the exhale um, but through that kind of the liberation work of the voice a lot more can come come through that's fascinating I love um, I mean humming's great <laughs> we use humming loads as humming. well it's really nice to get the vocal folds going in a very safe and efficient manner um, uh, and it's really good for forward resonance and all that kind of stuff but like uh, I love the fact that breath work can unlock and unpack an area that was otherwise closed down directly in relation to communication and speech. That's fascinating. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting because I can now speak about the experiences that I've had, but I don't know. But I know that if I went into talk therapy, I mean, I, that would not it would yeah. not be helpful for me in that immediate moment, right? So many um, people just don't feel like talk therapy is the way to go as well. I did it for some PTSD that I had after the birth of my child. Um, and recently last year I had some trauma related to uh, baby loss. And it's just, it almost feels like... It almost feels like you want to talk about it, but you don't want to talk about it. And you're not really sure if you don't want to talk about it because it's an emotional thing or you physically can't talk about it. So, so that's really interesting for me on a personal level, because mm. it is something that I've been thinking about. You know, it's like at what point I've been like waiting for the right time to talk about it. And it's like, mm. is how, when, should. I, yeah. Yeah. And in the in kind of in that space as well like it's really interesting because there is general rhetoric that it's good to talk about it, you know <laughs> yeah. it's like oh come on you need to talk about it it's really helpful um but actually there there can be very physiological reasons why you can't talk about it and it is mm. that kind of locked space about it and so when we engage with a practice that is not expecting you to do that it's completely body centered we're not doing any top is a bottom-up approach um it will come in time you know um because we attend to that it's yeah. a I, I, I like that bottom-up approach that's another lovely reframe really because so so much with uh like you say with trauma and dealing with anxiety and emotion and experience it is well do you want to talk to somebody about it and it's like i just don't know and actually completely taking your head out of it and giving you the power to just focus on your body well that really chimes with me <laughs> and so often in, in a space with a voice client as well I say to them right let's get up let's jiggle jiggle around like something is stuck somewhere and so much of it is when you're warming up your voice you don't like as, as a speaker you don't go straight in with 
like talking, there's like a a step by step process, and the first the first step is body, <laughs> body, release the tension, become aware of what's going on in your body, then breath, noticing the breath, all that kind of stuff, then resonance and sound, and then shaping. So yeah, it's it's almost mm. bottom up as well, um, as a process when you're preparing your voice. Yeah, and I think there is also something really. Um, that speaks to kind of us, our society at large right now around, around expression, right? That we've kind of been forced into these little civilized boxes of um, who and how we should behave and and things like that. And oftentimes, self-expression or or saying how you feel or all of these things is is quite challenging to do because it's not welcome um especially as a woman let's be honest exactly exactly and these are and so when I'm working with with people they also sometimes they don't they've been so disempowered let's say that they've not been given the agency to say what their experience is um and so they don't know what their voice sounds like when they're expressing, right? So sometimes when I'm inviting people to make a sound with their breath, it's it's an unrecognizable sound. It's not a sound that they n- normally make, which then is also associated with, ooh, like, ooh, there's embarrassment. There's a little bit of like, I don't know if I am allowed to make that sound because it's quite primal. There's like these other kind of liberation processes through the voice and the breath that is so, let's say, um, out of our normal, like, normal civilian spaces that it's really hard to be given permission to do that. And so when we're in space together and, and there is space to do that, it also takes a while, but it's it's a huge liberating process. If, if you had, like, I hate to boil this down, like it feels so reductive to like one top tip. But like if the people are listening at home and they're thinking, oh, God, or like they feel something in relation to maybe wanting to try this or getting started with breath work at home, um, what would you say? What would be the first step? I think the simplest thing is to start becoming really becoming aware of your breath. Um, one of my teachers taught me that the way you breathe is the way you live or the way you breathe is the way that you show up in life and so becoming aware of when you hold your breath when you um, aren't keeping a really shallow breath when you're breathing really deeply just knowing in those moments in your day when those happen will give you a really strong indication of what is happening in your body and how that is um, affecting you, right? Mm. Um, So I always start with breath awareness and becoming really aware. Yeah. I think it feels really, it maybe feels a little bit simple, but... No, um, can I be totally honest? It's exactly where I start as well (laughs) with voice. When it comes to breath, you can't change anything until you know what's going on. So, Nick, you know how we're all very busy and never even have a moment to breathe? Uh, yeah. Right. Also, we're stuck in the booth for most of our working lives with no windows or natural light and most of us live in land and never even accidentally walk past the ocean. That is terrifyingly true. It is. It is. Well, 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 Source Elements have a present for us. Here is 30 full seconds of fresh sea air. These 30 seconds of peace were brought to you by Source Elements, helping creators collaborate since 2005.
on a second. Can we just, you said something about living in a squat. And I know that your life has led you in many remarkable, interesting paths. Yeah. Yes. So I was in Australia and I completely ran out of money and I'd somehow found myself friends with this chap. And he found out about this house that was uninhabited. And so he and his other friends set about cleaning it because it was in a bit of a state and cleaned it all nice, nice and clean and found some like beds and like bits and bobs and like turned it into a nice livable space. And uh, and then so I was there. I was I was there for a week. But then the person that owned the house very reasonably showed up, <laughs> unlocked the door, like, came through the door. Hiya. Like just it was this sort of oldish gentleman shuffled in through the door. And I was there, but my friend wasn't there. So I was just there by myself in this house um, that I shouldn't have been in and uh, already felt a bit guilty about it, to be honest and, and then he was like oh, uh, oh hello in an Australian accent and I was like hi how are you doing <laughs> just pretended everything was completely normal and was just very friendly and then he was just incredibly confused I think and left although it was a while ago now so I can't remember exactly how it played out but I think it was that I just sort of left and then I also left um, but uh, but what was happening around that time was somebody was talking to me about this uh, like meditative breathing course of some kind called Vipassana now, listener, you might already know about this, but if you don't, um, it's um, this. Uh, it's a ten-day residential course, and it's going to sound like a cult, but it isn't. Um, but and people who've done it before, they kind of, uh, if they've got money, then they invest back in it, and um, it's this um, whole. Uh, uh, spiritual breathing thing where you sit and meditate for eight hours a day from quite early in the morning stopping for meals um and um uh th- then that's it then you go back in and you carry on meditating and it's like uh, led by um videos of this chap who uh put it all together or yeah i can't remember all the details and i probably should have looked it back up again before i started talking about it it, but it was really amazing completely mental it was mel- no, no and here's the most important bit no talking no, you're making all this up. For There's ten absolutely days. no way that you didn't <laughs> it talk. It was so hard. Oh, April no, here's Fool's? an interesting thing. It's April Fool's Day. No, no, no. Oh, it is actually April Fool's Day when you're listening to this right now, potentially, because it's coming out on the 1st of April. But no, this is a true thing. It's a true, true, true thing. Um, and like, by the end of it, I was taking a cup of tea out to the edge of this field who was in the countryside and just talking to my tea. I made really good friends... <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that came out of it which was really interesting which was, was that um it was it was quite a sort of creative time so uh, there were times where you were just supposed to i don't know sit silently or i don't know what or you weren't supposed to bring in any kind of entertainment or anything this is pre-phones anyway um pre-mobile phones not pre-actual phones i'm not that old but anyway i managed <laughs> to smuggle in a notebook and a pen so i was like um writing comic poems and uh i don't know not comic so poems what, accidentally what's... comic poems <laughs> You say that's how you found the breath work. Mm, like what sticks the, with the you concept, in terms of breath? The, the concept of it, in, of it being a thing at all, to be all able right. to um, sit and use just the in and out of your breath as a way of um, sort of accessing meditation as a concept. That that that. So did you the first time. go because of what happened in the squat? Mm, I went because I had no money and nowhere to live. And you could do it without any money. Mm, yeah, that was the thing about it. And then I was I was going home shortly after that back to England, so that was the end of that. Yeah, should we do this? Uh, what are we doing now? They're doing, oh, we're yeah. doing a lovely That's fascinating. <laughs> Just I'm still shocked at you being quiet. I know, but, I know, uh, I know. But I think I've been spent the rest of my life trying to make up for it. I think is what's happened. That's what's happened. <laughs> yeah, that thing has a lot to answer for. Yeah. For passion. Mm. Yeah. Well, the thing about breath for me at the moment is breath work is having a real kind of like mainstream resurgence or renaissance. Everyone's talking about breath work and like cold water therapy and like breathing therapy and all this kind of stuff. And it's fascinating because even I don't remember it being part of the kind of public knowledge when I started my training as a voice coach like seven years ago or whatever it is. So I feel like all of a sudden it's happened. Maybe it's just because that's what's in my echo chamber at the moment. But anyway, like it was so interesting to talk to her and see where the similarities lay and where the differences lied. That doesn't make grammatical sense, but that's not why I'm here. Um, so what I'm going to do is uh, sort of a meditative thing, like as close as I probably get to meditation because I, I can't do it. Right. I've got too many things in my head and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, this is quite a sort of active meditation type thing. We'll do it for about eight to ten minutes. So get yourself comfy mm-hmm. um, and 
whether that's lying down, whether that's where you're sitting, whether you want to find a new space, lie on the sofa, lie on your bed, whatever, just get yourself nice and comfy. You can sit upright or, you know, lotus position or whatever. Uh, don't do it if you're driving. <laughs> Maybe pause and come back to this bit later. Great. Or use that skip ahead button. Beep, 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 beep. A few times. Uh, but here we go. I'm going to take you through a little sort of physical awareness. We'll do a little body scan and then we'll do think a little bit about breath. So. Yes. Just let a lovely sigh out. And from this point on, don't feel like you need to give any kind of verbal affirmations that I can hear you. I'm saying that to Leah because... Oh, <laughs> that would be, be like, yep, intrusive. Great. Yep, yep, here we are. <laughs> Just exist for a bit. Just exist. All right, so... Just enjoy the fact now for the next few minutes you have nothing to do at all but just exist in the space you're in which is glorious and wherever you are just become aware of your body within the space so orient yourself with how you feel in that space as a whole piece of body so just notice if you feel warm or cold Notice which parts of your body are making contact with other surfaces. So can you feel your feet on the floor? Can you feel your bum on a chair or your back on a mat? And while all this is happening and while we're going through this body scan, I just want you to really do nothing. Just let your breath happen. The breath comes in turns a corner and it just flows straight back out again. And notice for a moment what you can hear in the space around you. So if you're inside, can you hear the creak of plumbing? a dog or an, a pet in the vicinity. Just notice what you can hear in the space. You might hear some birds tweeting from outside or what sounds are making themselves known. And if your eyes are open, you can visually orient yourself as well. Just notice what you can see in the space. And if they're closed, just continue listening. And the breath continues to drop into the body, turn a corner and drop out again. Through the nose and or the mouth, whatever works for you right now. Every now and again, you might have the desire to sigh, that's fine. Just let that happen. And then you're going to turn your attention inwards to your body. So notice what you can hear in your body itself. If anything, can you hear your pulse? Can you hear that peculiar sort of energy you get sometimes with joints creaking or moving. Can you hear your breath a little bit? All fine. We're just turning our attention inwards. And the breath continues to drop into the body, turn around and just come out again. Dead simple. Just working with what's called the tidal breath, which is the breath that keeps us alive day to day. Doesn't need to use all of our lung capacity, just just drops in and turns around and drops out again. Easy peasy. 
And we're going to see if we can encourage a little bit of release of tension in the body now. Starting down at the feet, just allow your feet to have a feeling of length and width. And imagine all the muscles in the feet just releasing and lengthening. And as we move through each little body part, just let the breath turn a corner once it comes in and drop out again. And it might be that on the out breath, you sort of imagine that you're giving permission to any tension or holding that you come across in the body just to let go. So moving up to the ankle, we're allowing the ankle to have a feeling of space in the joint and all the muscles around the ankle to release and lengthen. And out of the ankle, we get the lower leg bones. Just gently extending out of the ankle, feeling long and allowing all the muscles around the lower leg to release and lengthen. And the breath drops in, turns around and drops out again. Moving up to the knee, allowing the knee joint to have a feeling of space and all the muscles around the knee joint to release and lengthen. And coming out of the knee then we get the upper leg bones. So just allow the upper leg bones to feel long and give permission for all the muscles around that upper leg to release and let go. Check in particularly with the bum muscles and the pelvic floor if you have an awareness of that area. And still the breath just drops in, turns around, drops out again. Then we get to the hips, allowing the hip joints to have a feeling of space and the hip girdle and the hip bones just to really feel like that pelvis can just spread and widen into whatever surface it happens to be touching, if it is at all touching a surface. If you're standing, just allow the pelvis to feel like a big bowl sitting on top of your legs, full of all the internal gunk. And out of the back of the pelvis, we get the spine. So starting at the tailbone, just imagining the tailbone could just shoot out and away from you, lengthening out towards the floor or along the floor if you're lying down. And as we allow the breath to keep dropping in and dropping out again, we're just going to travel gently up those four curves of the spine. So we get that little curve between the bum cheeks, that's the tailbone, moving into the fused section of the really lower spine. And then the spine just gently curves in towards the middle of the body as it travels up through the lower back area. Lengthens all the way, stacking those little vertebrae one on top of the other, curving outwards again through the shoulder blades. And then finally curving back in towards the middle of the body through the neck and finishing just behind the nose. Really appreciating the length of the spine the breath drops in, turns around, drops out again. And we're allowing that lovely feeling of an awareness of the top and the bottom of the spine to give us length. And finally, just allowing your shoulders to feel released and wide. Allowing the muscles on the face just to relax and the jaw to relax and release. And I'd like you to just notice the rhythm of the breath now as it drops in, turns around and drops out again. 
And I'd like you to turn your attention to the moment after the breath has left the body. So the breath comes in, it turns the corner, it drops out again. And just notice the moment after the breath leaves. Whether it feels like there's a moment there. A suspension, a pause. A feeling of equilibrium. Stillness. And just explore that moment. It may be that you feel like your breath pattern doesn't allow for that little moment. And if so, just see if you can live in that tiny little moment after the breath leaves the body. What does it feel like letting the breath come in after that moment? Perhaps you feel a little moment of pause after the in-breath. And if that's the case, just see if you can allow yourself to focus more on that moment after the out-breath. So allow the in-breath to drop in. Allow it to turn round, deepen the body and just drop out again. And see if you can notice a little moment of pause when your body's empty. When you've let the breath go. And then just let the breath come back in again. And it's not about taking big breaths or having long exhales. We're just letting the breath drop in, letting it turn straight round, letting it drop out again, noticing that moment of pause. And the out-breath can feel like a bit of a sigh, if that helps. Just allow the body to breathe back in for you. Imagine the body. Notice it when it's empty. And give permission to your body to... Let you know when it's ready to breathe back in. And when it is, just release the belly, open the throat, open the mouth or the nose. And just let it rush back in. And we're going to slowly come back into consciousness now or a sense of being in the space a little bit more. Actively, So give your toes a little wiggle, your fingers a little wiggle, your nose a little twitch. Give your face a little rub. If you've been lying down, don't rush to stand. Just gently roll yourself onto your side, stay there for a moment and then gently push yourself to seated whenever it feels right. Um, and you're back in the room. Well... So the point of that exercise is to think about the breath as being a completely passive thing in the sense that as voiceovers, we do a lot of, okay, here comes a line. I need to take a big breath too. So I've Mm. got enough breath to say that line. Or we take really snatched breaths in between lines because we're working to time or whatever it is. Um, Or we want to try and make our breaths really quiet so we don't have to edit the feckers out, like that kind of a thing. And we sometimes try to take control over our breath again. And I find when I'm working with voiceovers on breath, one of the main issues is the fact that they're trying to do the in-breath too actively all the time. Mm -hmm. So 
that's a really simple exercise. I've put this into practice because you... you told me before, and I and uh, I've put it into practice uh, when I'm reading the news. So I read the news on BBC Radio Manchester from time to time, and before I do a bulletin, before I start saying um, and my little self ID or anything like that, I'm breathing out. Like I can hear the jingle; it's ticking down. I'm breathing out, and then I open the fader, and my body breathes in. Because Great. of what you told me, it works. Yeah, mm. it's good. So it's just about understanding that we don't have to do the breathing in. If mm. we use the out breath, which we do because we speak with it, <laughs> then and we open up, our body will breathe in for us. And it's one of the first steps towards like reducing noisy in breaths mm. and having enough breath to get through phrases. Like, you know, people go straight to working on breath capacity and having enough breath and all that kind of stuff. But actually, you have to go back to release and the um, allowing to start with. So, yeah, I love that one. Okay, so I have promised our listener earlier on um, in the show that we're going to be talking about your third action, the third goal, sorry, that you set yourself at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember what it was. I remember there were five and then you somehow managed to get down to three. And the, the two that we've spoken about so far have been um, sort of actor training, uh, all that sort of business. Um, uh, and then also branding. And so mm-hmm. now I would like to know what your third goal is. Ba-ra-ba-ba. Okay. Um. So the third goal was to do with awards and just being social, just creating a social um network and actually meeting. Yes. Uh, other voiceover artists and I and remember now because you won all these awards. And then never showed up to any of them. <laughs> was, uh, like, who is this guy? Everyone was going, who is this guy who can't even come and pick up his awards? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's what it is. So, yeah, just more in the social aspect of things and just continue the work that I built from yes, from yesterday, from last year. So um, Great. And so now I'm wondering if it's all about the socialness, this um, third goal, are all of your friends now voiceovers? Because that seems to have happened to me. <laughs> I wouldn't say all, but a large portion of them are. Um, Great. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. The people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis, majority of them are voiceovers or people that work in the industry. Amazing. And what good is that? Why is that good? Because it's good to hear other people's thoughts and know that you're not going through stuff alone. Um, I, You know, I've, I've created a kind of... Um, it's not an accountability group, but it's just a group of voiceovers that I've spoken to over, you know, since starting and formed this group. And we talk once a month, but we have a WhatsApp group and we just Lovely. converse and do stuff like that. And um, yeah, I just find it very useful because, you know, you, you pick up little things along the way, little gems from everybody, you know, you know, just thinking about, oh, how should I do this? And you suffer like in silence kind of thing totally totally or you don't know who to ask and then when you when you yeah all you have to do is throw it in a group and someone be like and if we haven't done an episode about it then what how would you know how would you know anything exactly (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's been very useful um and yeah i think just continue that and just what's been the most um useful conversation without um giving away who's talking or any like identifying details um what's the uh, what's the most interesting conversation or useful conversation that you guys have had in your little group recently um just i think well there's been quite a few um without spilling too much um just just in terms of you know, um, sites to sign, sign up to that I didn't know of or resources that you can use to find um, clients and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, how to prepare for directed sessions and that okay. kind of thing. And just, just you know what, every now and again, you just need a good old, you know, Wind. getting stuff off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, that helps as well. Because there's <laughs> only so much I can say to my girlfriend. She doesn't really understand the <laughs> yeah, world. Right. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, you say something and then somebody else says, oh, yeah, that happened to me too. Or, oh, I know that person. And, you know, it just, it, it, it helps. It definitely helps. Oh, lovely. I remember also, so you were also talking about uh, wanting to actually get to a conference. Um, I believe that you're doing more than just getting to a conference this year, aren't you? What are you doing <laughs> at One Voice? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a, um, a talk. Um, it's going to be online. Um so I'm just going to be talking about just, you know, how I got started and 
how getting into the industry, um, especially online, because that's when I started basically, um, how I found it and just giving, just giving my opinion and my thoughts and feelings towards it. So hopefully it can help other people. Brilliant, because you were—it was a proper whirlwind, wasn't it? You started, and then very quickly. I mean, if you listen back to our first chat um, a few months ago, um, it was—it was—I was astonished to find out how quickly you'd managed to go from not being a voiceover to being a voiceover and winning awards and making it all happen yeah. and doing all that stuff. So I think that's a really brilliant talk. Um, are you going to be at One Voice yourself? I'll let you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> I am on actual tenterhooks, and actually, um, I learned recently what the Yiddish for tenterhooks is. It's spilkes, spilkes. I'm on spilkes over here. <laughs> you don't have to do it in an American accent, but Spilkes. Yiddish is universal. Oh, <laughs> uh, Great. The plan, the plan is to be there anyway. Um, but you know, loads of things can happen. But yeah, the plan is to be there, of course, oh, and great. see and, and and meet you in person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Time on a boat. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> It will be. Nick's doing a load of talks as well. In fact, I will hand over to Nick right now. So we'll we'll wrap up here, and I'm going to hand over to Nick right now to uh, talk because she's obviously not here in the room with us. Uh, talk about what she is doing at One Voice. Well, Leah, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> How slick was that? Great, very slick, very slick. Um, I am. Um, I'm all over One Voice like a rash. To be honest with you, it's horrific, isn't it? I've got a got a bit of a hat trick of situations going on. Basically, Hugh Colm was like. Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. What are they? What are the three? The three things. What are the three? I'm doing a free online talk on advanced vocal techniques. Oh, great. Can um, you give me an example is... of one advanced vocal technique? No, come to the talk. Oh, fine. <laughs> you don't get freebies just because great. you're my friend. Fine, fine, fine. What's it's going to be thing? loads of really useful stuff. That's all you need to know. Great. What's the second thing of the three? I'll tell you the tagline. Oh, go on. Become the VO who doesn't need to be edited. <gasps> That's great. Yeah. Everybody, every producer wants a VO they don't have to faff yeah. about with. Great. Exactly. Love it. Um, and then I'm doing an advanced vocal techniques free workshop where we get to have a play. Oh, great. Make some noises. With scripts. Faces, maybe. Oh, what fun. Yeah, scripts, scripts, probably. Sure. Great. And then on the Saturday day. Yeah. If virtual Nick isn't enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> twice. I'm doing... A lovely, gorgeous 9am, three-hour workshop on breath. What a coincidence. I, I know, right? This whole thing. Breath Is themed. it about breath? Great. Yeah. Oh, Shock lovely. So if you enjoyed your breath exercise that we did earlier, um, then yeah. and you want three, three hours, hours of that, which I do. And it's going to be like very targeted to voiceover as well. So yes. it'll be all like, my my in-breaths are too noisy. I am running out of breath at the ends of sentences. Mm. Like all that classic stuff that comes up. So it's, not, it's, it's nine hours. No, it's not. <laughs> it's three hours and it's at 9am, which I'm excited for. Uh, and let's be honest, a little bit of uh, professional lying on the floor at 9am after Sounds the boat lovely. party on Friday night <laughs> yeah, oh is probably going to be very welcome. Lovely. Excellent. So, Joe, yeah, Joe, we, we, I, what, what we'd normally do is go straight into you talking about uh, Joe and your views as a voice coach on what he said. But um, I thought mm -hmm. we'd just we'll do it different and just shake it up. Why not? Why not? Mm -hmm. So what do you think about what he said? I just, I was there. I was just like, yep, yep. Yeah, because like community is everything. We know this. Yeah. You don't need my response to this. No, it's true. It's true. We, we have, have socials. Like, we run our yeah, socials yeah, in Manchester. Yeah. Other socials have sprung up sometimes in so response to our socials. There's ones all over the show now. We've just got one set up in Northern Ireland. If you're a Northern Irish voiceover and you're listening, then make sure that you're signed up to our newsletter because we're sending out um, information about that every month as well. Social, 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 social times. Sponsored by Tato. <laughs> no, <laughs> that it's probably nice. not. Oh, Does lovely. a little joke for the Northern Irish people earlier. <laughs> Great. Um, well, uh, thing Joe didn't yeah. say um, is um, which I thought was very uh, very humble of him or maybe he just forgot or meant to say and I cut him off too soon um, is that he's been nominated for awards again <laughs> this year yeah, too. <laughs> too it's probably probably because of us I think oh yeah I mean he was like yeah. flailing around in the dark before we showed up yeah 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 <laughs> great um, <laughs> but also we should say massive congratulations to everybody who's been nominated we've tweeted a link yeah. if you haven't already seen to all the people that have been nominated in all the categories it's all very exciting and if you're wondering um, what an award means what even is it worth what's the point of it we actually made an episode about this so if you scroll back what? through our uh, episode feed um you'll see it's called uh, what is an award worth and uh, it was recorded uh with a bunch of people at a vox awards people who would won awards in the past people that were winning awards that night me i was up for an award and i thought i might win it and what happened you can find out what happened by listening to this episode because it's a really interesting point i think that 
sometimes you have to I mean not in the UK but in, in other countries you have to spend money on entering like quite significant amounts of money and attending yeah. and then you've got to pay for your, your little figurine or whatever and is it actually Dress worth that whatever. cash is it worth it what good does it do to your career so uh, we've uh, answered that question in that episode that was so slick. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So um, slick. Also, we're going to be, I mean, obviously Nick's got quite a significant presence at the One Voice conference, but I'll be there as well, uh, sort of skittering about, collecting all the best bits from all the uh, different events online and in person, uh, getting people to tell me what they enjoyed the most and then chopping it all together into a great big, massive One Voice conference episode that will be out on the 1st of June. So if Leah comes up to you at the One Voice with her phone yeah. upside down and shoves <laughs> it under your gob, then just say something to her immediately be witty immediately <laughs> just immediately be witty we don't ask for much just need three of your top takeaways Great. from whatever you've seen that day plus excellent wit bit of crack yeah uh, please don't pop any plosives no no plosives come to my talk get the no. bread right yeah exactly go to the talk and then answer my questions very good well I've been Leah Marks and I've been Nick Redman and, and we, we are, are the, the voiceover, voiceover social together till the end of the world